want to thank you again for joining us in our inaugural episode of Everybody Likes Pudding. This so is, delicious. Uh, absolutely. This is, uh, this is just a real treat for us. A, a real kind of gooey treat. Hurts so deep. <laughs> but today in our inaugural episode, we are pleased to try and bring to you a, a something just to entice you, something to give you an idea of what it is that we're going to do, a list about music. A music list, as it were. Yeah, so we're just going to, I guess, chat it up about some of our favorites, let's call them. And we have a lot of favorites. Absolutely. We have a lot of a lot of favorites. But what could we do to kind of get this going in a more concentrated direction? So we kind of pound some heads together and we're like, well, let's pick a time. Let's pick a range. Let's kind of focus on a genre, but maybe not focus on a genre. You Absolutely. Know, that guy's an idea. At least. Narrow the field so that we have a chance of maybe coming up with a list that doesn't have two to 3,000 artists on it. <laughs> and, and, and the other idea that we were actually just talking about, too, was in this genre and in this time frame, we could have so many albums just from a few artists so uh one of our favorite things to do is to talk about really nonsense and to an extent music is not nonsense but it is you know it's just a fun way to have a little little chitty chat if you will and that's kind of our goal you know have some fun have some way to introduce ourselves and just talk about something that we kind of find interesting we listen to on a daily basis and we have a a, a general agreeing idea on absolutely so we want you very much to imagine that it's the early 1990s specifically 1990 through 95 the the burgeoning change of music that is occurring the new grunge sound coming out of seattle and spreading across the nation and showing everybody that there is a different way that you can enjoy rock and roll that is even more angsty than it was previously and we are confining ourselves to our favorite 20 albums mostly favorite 20 albums within that time range and while it is definitely the grunge period it is not constrained to grunge albums just what we think are the best 20 albums released during that period of time and why we think it is and we very much want you to imagine well what would your favorite group be do you agree with this do you disagree with this and think about why and now we're not talking about the critical success of albums and we're not talking about the, the the albums that made the most money we're just talking about hey these are the 20 that i liked and then that's that's really all we're focusing on here is we're, we have a list we each have our own list you guys will have a list and it's going to be different from what ours is but i have a feeling some of these are going to be very very similar i mean even between the two of us are going to be very similar but you're going to have your favorite band and we're going to have our favorite bands and it's just going to be a nice little let's call it reminisce you know take your favorite music streaming service if you got apple if you got pandora if you got whatever you know, this kind of gives you the, the idea to go back into those lists and revisit some of those albums that you haven't heard in a year, two years, five years even. 
Or maybe we might bring up something that you have never heard of, although I somehow think that unlikely. If you do hear of a band or specifically an album from a band that, that you have never heard, definitely give it a listen because it's brought a lot of enjoyment to us and hopefully it will do the same for you. So why don't you start us off and, and tell us exactly what begins this, uh, this journey on the list for you. Okay, so I, it's hard for me to rank them in 1 to 20. You've got them ranked from 1 to 20. Now, I'm not going to tell you as I, I'm not going to say as I rattle off all of these albums that, gosh, this is my favorite and this is my fifth favorite, but I'm going to approximate an order in kind of what I feel are some of my favorite albums to some of the favorites that aren't at the top of the list. So I'll, I'll just start off with an easy one for me. One of my favorite bands of all time, one of my favorite artists of all time, and that's Primus, Sailing the Seas of Cheese. It's just, I don't know, It's that's there are a lot of Primus albums, and that one fits square in this time frame. It's got all the classic Primus, Primus songs on it. It's just dope. I don't know. I... I can I can I can go back to one moment. I remember it. We were playing basketball at at a where we were at a concrete court outside of our elementary school, and there were some kids playing basketball, and they were older than us, and they had a little portable jam box there, and they were playing a CD. I was like, "What is this weird music?" And as I kept listening to it, I was like, "This is super dope. This is great." And boom, that was it. It was Primus of Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Primus definitely has that iconic bass line that you immediately recognize them for. And I, I definitely love Primus. It did not make my list. Mm -hmm. as, as, right <laughs> as iconic as their, as their sound was, it never really resonated with me past the, past the point of, wow, that's really interesting. Would I listen to this for an extended period? Mm, probably not. But it's undeniably... Uh, uh, a stroke of genius in several uh, several points uh, that that can really bring you in, especially if you love a good baseline. It's definitely a way to go. Now, for me, number twenty on that on that uh, beginning of the list, uh, we begin with "Under the Table and Dreaming" by Dave Matthews Band, and I'm immediately going to get laughed at. I know by by a, a large chunk of people, but uh, for me, the the album was infinitely re-listenable and and anything that can make me want to, to do something that I don't want to do uh, is, is a good indicator of something that is motivational or something that speaks to me it was the album that I listened to whenever I cleaned the apartment as rarely as my wife says that it would happen <laughs> that is the CD I would listen to my sister had that CD and I tried I tried to listen to it and and to this day, it's like cheese grater in my ears is Dave Matthews Band. I, I for some reason, can't stand him. Can't stand him. And I'm not going to deny the talent and the money that he's made and all that stuff. I just can't stand him. Can't do it. Well, some it's definitely a love-hate thing. I, I, I've had a lot of people say, well, he can't sing. It's like, no, he didn't have to. He's got a violin player, and it's an electric violin. I thought that was so cool at the time. Uh, you know, just the, just having a band in the midst of this grunge revolution that had a full 
contingent of brass and strings and the whole thing and just being able to see that in concert and being able to see him build on it if he wanted to if he didn't want to have a huge orchestra behind him he could and it would fit the style of music that he played it was just i i thought that was phenomenal bruce springsteen did that too exactly exactly what brings up your number 19 okay so I, I got to go back here because I started more towards the top. So Sailing the Seas of Cheese for me would have been in the top five okay. for sure. Okay. So I'll I'll go back to the end and I'll revisit Seas of Cheese because that one for sure is a top five for me, hands down. But it makes sense. Like why would we start at one and go down to twenty? Okay. So <laughs> so let me let me get a let me get one on the lower end of the spectrum here. Now, once again, I'm not going to go back to this is my, oh my gosh, this album is awful, or this is my least, or anything like that. I'm just trying to approximate a rating on this. So in in kind of looking at my list here, um, I've got I got a, an album here by Beck, and it's Odile. And to me, it just has a lot of good songs. If you listen to the thing front to back, all the way through, it's, I don't know, it just carries the whole way. Like it, Not that there's amazing songs across the board or not that there's bad songs there's just something about the album that front to back i just like it's just really good didn't i don't know o- didn't odelay come out in 96 i don't know <laughs> i actually had beck in consideration for my list but yeah. i went with the you know, mellow gold i cheat i cheated a little bit on some of these uh, I, and i definitely looked at the years because there's a i think i have one other one that might be a 90s Seven maybe on here. It's pretty. I'm, I'm cheating. It's, I'm it's cheating pretty. a little bit. But thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> well, I, I apologize. I, I am some somewhat um, obsessive about certain things. So hopefully I am forgivable in, in the minority. But that's exactly why Beck didn't make my list because of my constraints. Keeping myself to 90 to 95, well, it was just mellow gold. And that was good yeah, i've got i've got a couple other like i said a couple other <laughs> cheaters on there too i was like well come on man i gotta <coughs> do something but yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what it is like what i it's when i listen to that album like it's not one thing it's like oh my gosh this song is awesome but they're all just good i don't know what it is it's, it's just definitely like, solid all the way through beck is kind of amazing he's i've always had a, a, a great appreciation for any artist that can alter their sound album to Every album, album. Yeah. and have the fan base just follow him the entire time because he's good every single time and i won't even say he's in my top 20 favorite artists mm. uh, maybe not even top 40 i don't know i just like that album no so it's, it's definitely solid now for me number 19 we actually go to an actual something that fits that grunge thing and it's uh siamese dream by smashing pumpkins pumpkins absolutely and they also had melancholy and the infinite sadness that was released in 95 during that same kind of range and while i certainly loved melancholy because it was so thematic and and wonderful just the array of songs in siamese dream was was better i thought Uh, they they had much more catchy songs uh today of course being their their big song that most people still think of them for, but uh, there's at least uh, there's at least three or four that got extensive play off of that album, and the whole the whole disc is just something that I can listen to from front to back and still be able to enjoy all of the tracks on it. Yeah, I had a I had a friend who listened to a lot of a couple bands. One of them was The Cure, and the other one was Smashing Pumpkins. So I was definitely familiar with them. 
weren't my cup of tea, but the thing about it is I've got them on my phone. I actually have the album. No, not not Siamese Dream, but I have uh, Melancholy, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness on my phone in an attempt to go back and listen to them and try to enjoy. And it's just like some really good songs and some I just can't get into. So like on them, you know, I'm kind of neutral. I don't know, dislike them, but they're not, they're not one of my faves, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, and, and it's a lot of these bands are going to be kind of like that. I mean, with uh, Smashing Pumpkins, one of the other things that kind of made it imprint on me is in the early days of limited uh, music television access through either VH1 or MTV. I remember vividly the, the, the video to today, and it was just so odd. It just kind of it stuck with me because I love odd. Anything that just kind of makes me do the the dog head twerk to the side and just kind of uh what's what's going on here and then that gave enough time for my attention to catch that the music i thought was just really really solid so a little uh i think an album that i just now thought of that should be on my list that is not on my list um it is an album by static x and wayne static mm-hmm. who is no longer alive uh actually was in a band with guess who billy corgan and they went their separate ways and formed their own separate bands and that did much better they did but did much better <laughs> i was reading into static x a long time ago i was like that's weird i did not know that so cool and interesting little stuff there they're like two there are two completely if you guys have never heard static x so good that's wisconsin death trip awesome okay yeah all right. So, so I got to get on to a different, a different number here. Absolutely. Let's go to 18. Okay. So what we've got here is, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'm going to pick out of this list here. Um, it's, it's, it falls into the time frame, maybe not the genre of what most of ours will be, but um, I'm going to go with uh, Dr. Dre, The Chronic, because good choice. the album is dope. Um now, with this album, I've got to say, back in the, gosh, my, the, the high school days, what we would do is we would go from, well, we, we played, uh, I was in baseball, so we would drive our cars from school over to Baseball Diamond, and a couple people that we played uh, baseball with who were just, can't say enough bad things about them, uh, but <laughs> thought that they were just like, the straightest thugs ever and they would bump that album and sit as low as they could possibly sit in their seats and drive as slow as they could drive to get the (laughs) one eighth of a mile over to the baseball diamond and oh my god we would rip on them because they were just look they looked so foolish and sure enough i can't get enough of that album it's great well you got that speaks to how it can kind of hit uh, uh, an emotional chord. I mean, a lot of the, the music that, that they sampled for that was already good to begin with. And the, the, the way that they adjusted things, the way that they overlaid things, and just their, their natural talent, it, it made for a great look. But I'm not going to get too much into that because that's actually on my list as well at a different, at a different number. A different number, yeah. Absolutely. So for me, number, uh, the next number... Uh, 18. 18, 18. That's right. So number 18, and a lot of people would probably 
say that you are awful for putting it this low on the list, but it would be Nevermind by Nirvana. It's uh, obviously there's there's not too much that hasn't been said about Nirvana and the and the the skill that Cobain had and and the the resonance that they had with nearly anybody that listened to them and the effect that they had on the music industry and and everything that goes along with that. And I still love that album, uh, listening back to those tracks going uh, going all the way through. There are a couple of odd ones on there that I don't, you know, don't enjoy as much just because they're, it seems like they're mood pieces more than anything else rather yeah. than something that's tried, trying to get stuck in your mind as this is the song that really means something to me. But it's it's hard not to love that album. But at the same time, I listened to it quite a bit and I thought back like, do I really get that urge to listen to it now? I mean, you get people that love the Beatles back in the day and will listen to it constantly still because it still resonates with them. And while Nirvana resonates with me to a certain extent, it doesn't have that same luster that it had of years past. Yeah, you know, when I was trying to create this list, I was looking at Nirvana and I was like, I'm like, you know, gosh, all these albums that they have that got playtime and they're all in this they're all in this short little window mm-hmm. like all of them so when you think of there's there's never mind then set aside mm-hmm. and then there was there's in utero in utero was and then and then live it was also or unplugged i guess mm-hmm. i should say but uh i have all of those albums and i know pretty much all those albums front to back and none of them are on my list at all and i couldn't when i was making this list i had to go back into my phone and put the albums on there because I honestly had not heard a Nirvana song or parts of those albums in years, like a long, 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 long time. And that, that sticks for a reason. Like why haven't I not put it on this thing that I can listen to whatever music I want to listen to whenever I want to listen to it. Yeah. And when it came down to it also, I was like, they're all so good really in the grand scheme of things. The one that probably, strangely enough, got the most playtime from me personally was Incesticide. I played that one more than the other three. Other the other three. So a lot like, of the hardcore Nirvana fans that I knew were like that too. They they loved Incesticide more than anything. Now, me being apparently the the least hardcore, I was I was generally I liked the Unplugged album oh the no, best. I, I that's probably my second favorite. I, that's it's. It, if you so listen to that one here's here's your here's your homework for you listen to that one and then go listen to the Alice in Chains unplugged album and you'll see the absolute complete difference between the two because the Nirvana one is fantastic and the Alice in Chains one is good but it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't have the same impact mm-mm. well Nirvana made a huge they took a huge chance. I should say Cobain took a huge chance because he chose to not put in any of the big hits. He wanted to do covers. He wanted to do just these oddball songs that everybody else would just tell him that, no, that's an awful choice. But no, they were wonderful. They set yeah. such a mood for that entire performance. It was, it was phenomenal. It, it, it's good. It's You can't find something bad on that album front to back. And if you listen to it at all, 
and you repeatedly listen to it, you even know when you're listening to that, that you listen to it a lot, when you can recognize all the, like the, woo, the screams coming from the crowd. <laughs> you know when it's coming. You, you know when they're coming. So like you, you, you know it's a good album when you've memorized those things, and I definitely did. Right, so I guess it's time to pick another one. Okay, so here's a good one for you. And it's it's on my list, and it's a, maybe a surprise. I don't know if anybody's heard of it before. I'm sure you have. Um, if you listen to Chili Peppers, you've heard the name before. It's the Butthole Surfers. And the name of the album is Independent Worm Saloon. And for some reason on this album, now they've had, oh, gosh, a ton of albums. And the one that they released after it was way more commercially popular. But this one just has, I don't know, there's just something about this album. And when we were listening to music when I was younger, there was a few albums that kind of piqued my interest. And this was one of them. And there's a couple songs that are just like right at the beginning of the album that get you fired up for the album. And there's kind of like that, me not metal, but like heavy rock sound at the beginning. And there's some kind of mellow songs in between. And there's just like foolishness mixed in between there too like there's... they never took things too seriously no i mean there's a whole track at the end where it's just like them saying they clean it up and it's like vomit sounds and then splattering on the like it's a five minute track of them just saying that the entire it's i don't know it's funny but the album's awesome i don't know that i'm a fan i was i i, I seem to remember that i was intrigued by any bands that would have butthole be part of the name of their band and in my more adolescent mind i thought oh that's kind of funny <laughs> mm -hmm. butthole um but while they certainly had an impact on a bunch of other uh musicians and and they definitely gained a certain amount of following i never felt they were really all that consistent um they, they would have songs that you know there'd be one or two that would go man that was really good and then none of the rest of it would just really hit me right and they were probably just fine, but it just didn't resonate with me. And then I'm really picky on albums that choose to do um, skits or bits of audio, which is was even in, you know, obviously the Chronic had, had its own bits and pieces and so many mm -hmm. R&B oh, yeah. albums do. Um, I just... It, it's often it outstays its welcome for me. It's like, oh, that's kind of funny. It's, it should be over now. Well, let's let's move on to something else. Uh, so unfortunately, they never they never quite crested even uh, coming close to my list. No, and they're not even they're not one of my favorite. Going back to like the Beck, they're not even one of my favorite artists. It's just I don't know something about that album. It was probably one of the first CDs that I actually ever owned was that one so formative just, music exactly that's why that's <laughs> why it's sticking here and that's why it's on my list yeah i can i can definitely see that um and i can that kind of plays into my next uh next uh band as for me the uh fourth one up from the bottom of my list is pocket full of kryptonite by the spin doctors hmm. It's, at the time, very, very mainstream, and they are often the butt of so many jokes. I've 
Uh, I seem to remember there being one in the Deadpool movie made about it not too long ago. Yeah. Which I was at first, it's like happy. It's like, oh, is it spin doctors? I always make fun of spin doctors. I like the spin doctors. <laughs> well, the, the, the that album had, gosh, half the songs on it were on the radio all the yeah, time. Yeah, hit singles, and they were amazing. And the, the album that they released after was nowhere nearly as successful. And I liked it because of that, because it was a little more. Um, experimental in a couple of the songs like Cleopatra's Favorite Cat which I played for my son for the first time the other night and he had the bewildered look for most of the song on his face but concluded that he liked it because it was so odd but they just have such a they have just that slightest flavor of funk on top of that, that pop bass and the southern rock blend into it for me that just hit so many notes that's like man i i just love the sound i get happy when listening to their music and that was that was really cool i thought so i i definitely had the album and then do you do you remember karma records i do remember karma so you could go to a karma and sell back your cds <laughs> did that one go back to karma um Almost, they wouldn't take it because they had too many of them there. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a, there, there was that one, and the other one was um, Arrested Development. Oh, I forgot about Arrested Development. How could I forget that? That's got that's got great songs on it now. It's oh. so funny to think I used. They wouldn't take that one back either, and I used it as a doorstop. Oh man, I loved that first album they put out, and. They're supposed to be the next big thing, and then nothing. <laughs> yeah. It was so sad. I thought they had such a great sound. Yeah, they were. It it was in the I think the BMG Columbia House days that you know just gathering up CDs like that was not a big deal. And we I mean those songs on on the Spin Doctor one, like you heard every song that was on that album, and they were good. They were catchy. And then you know little old me, I started collecting. You know, Metallica and Megadeth and all those types of things. It's like, well, I can't have Spin Doctors in my collection. <laughs> entirely so. too peppy. Yeah. Got to get rid of that. Two nonsense. princes? What's this crap? Get out of here. All right. So here's another one that's on here. Okay. So this one, I think, is when I get this. I got this on my birthday. Um, 15th, 16th birthday? I can't remember. So I got... Uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Oh, very nice. So the the songs that are in there, once again, it kind of gets you in, like the first song that's on there has got a lot of that up-tempo, good, just like heavy, like hard rock and roll type stuff. And the songs kind of go up and down and mellow throughout, but they're all good. Like the whole album's good. I can remember specifically on that CD a couple key things so it was really good and it made me get all the other Lenny Kravitz albums before it and then the few after it and then I stopped after he got really kind of super poppy after that but <laughs> if you remember so CDs had liner notes in them right yes they did so you could read the lyrics or you could see pictures of the artist because there was no internet you couldn't go on there and just like let me google this dude and see what he looks like and i remember two specific things about that album 
So one, there were pictures of him at like the mixing boards with gigantic sacks of weed all over the place. And the second thing is if you read the notes through all of them, he played all the instruments in yes, all of those songs. Like, so he played them and he mixed them. Now an occasional song here or there had another artist that, you know, contributed, but him, that was him. He played the whole thing. It was just amazing. Now it would have been amazing, truly amazing at his concerts. If he did the same thing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one man band, Lenny Kravitz comes it's, out with all the instruments on. It's like the, was it the Hormel sausage? The, pepper, <laughs> the, the pepperoni guy? Yeah. I, I, I remember, and I, and I loved Lenny Kravitz. That, that album was, uh, very, very well loved and listened to by me on several, uh, facets. And it harkens back to a simpler time when, with all of the controversy and everything that we've got going on right now, when it was very controversial in his, uh, in his video for Are You Gonna Go My Way, he put his arms out and looked kind of like Jesus at the beginning of the video. Mm. And that got a lot of people angry. And comparatively to today's standards is so mild and tame. Cut two years later in a concert when he did the splits and his wiener meat fell out of his pants. <laughs> and and that, this probably is a good time to say that we are silly, man. This conversation, generally safe, but, you know, if you don't like the, the subject matter occasionally going into the slightly less safe areas, yeah, just a warning after the fact. <laughs> yeah, and we're... And that's kind of how we're going to, we don't know. I mean, our conversations, we've kind of had that discussion before. Like, what direction are we going to go? Is this going to be PG? Is this going to be PG-13? Is this going to be R? It's not going to be NC-17. Uh, yeah, I think the the things that would be required to have that is a little more than I want to invest physically. <laughs> yeah, we don't, yeah, that, uh, it's trouble. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was that was a really good pick on that one. Now, I've got um I've got a deeper cut uh for my next pick. And a lot of people may not know exactly who this band is, but they are one of my favorite lesser-known bands that came out during this period. And uh the album is Gentlemen by the Afghan Wigs. And they were a band to my memory, I'm going going back a little bit, but to my memory, they were based out of uh, Ohio, and I thought that was just really cool—a more local band to to where I was at, and they had such a unique sound. Um, the The album had a flow to it that was a little different from other things that I had listened to for the most part, as one track would sometimes bleed into the next, but it wasn't intended. Necessary for the necessarily for the whole thing to be one sitting, but definitely the first two tracks, you really wanted to listen to the first two right next to each other because if you didn't, you started the second track, it had some of the sound from the first track bleeding into the beginning of the song, and so it was. I thought that was really cool, and it had a very, I don't know if controversial would be the right word for it, but definitely a very evocative cover uh, for the time of. The whole concept of the day after a, a one-night stand, but having the two individuals that were members uh, of this particular tryst sitting on the bed instead of being adults being, you know, kids. 
and, and you know, just young children. Nothing explicit, nothing even implied, but the whole idea that at, at, at the end of the day in our hearts, we're all just kind of little kids playing at being adults. And that kind of tone kind of seeped into several bits of the album. And I just thought that kind of was really cool. A lot of people don't like the, the vocalist of the band. They don't think that his, his range is all that good. But I thought his voice lent a certain emotional punch and a, and a certain sound that you just didn't get from anybody else. And, and he may not be able to always hit the notes that, that the, the song required, but it didn't matter. It still sounded just really good. And I can't even speak to that. I've heard. I can go as far as to say I've heard of the Afghan wigs. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> so I, I, I can't really speak too much on them because if I, you get a chance to listen to it, I'll tell you what. Fountains and Fairfax off of that album continues to be one of my favorite tracks of any song or of any album that I've listened to at any time. All right. So we need to move on to another song Man, there's just so many good things here and that's why i'm saying it's hard for me to kind of put these into numbers or into range or into a grouping here but i guess i can just work my way from the bottom of the list here so at the i guess towards the bottom here i got one's I, pantera uh vulgar display of power oh that is a good one i didn't think of that one on my list so good there so there are, gosh, four just absolutely solid Pantera albums in general. And this one is kind of the one, you know, it, it I think it, it really kind of, if you listen to that type of music, it's the one that made, oh my God, you're like, yeah, I get this, this band's great. L- let me go get Cowboys from Hell and see what's going on with that. And then you bought everyone after that. And... They were on, gosh, a soundtrack. They were on a couple soundtracks, and I think that's what kind of like, oh my gosh, this song's dope. Let me go buy this. Let me go buy this other album. Weren't they on the Crow? They uh, was the Crow, and then Demon Knight. I think were they yeah. on Demon Knight? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. This album is just hardcore. I mean, if you if if you like heavy metal, and with a lot of screaming, with a lot of screaming, but not all their songs are just that hardcore metal. They've no. got a couple ones that are kind of mellowed out in there too. I it's I, I think it's kind of hard to find some band to an extent that is better at this classification of metal because there are some that are much more of like a hardcore or like a speedcore or a horrorcore or like whatever core you want to call it. But these guys, I, I don't know, they just rock. And of course, well, you know, Dimebag is no longer alive either. So it, it's a band that we'll, I'll never get to see either. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bands on these lists that I always thought, oh, I'll get a chance hopefully someday to see them, and just will not happen. It kind of saddens me to, to think about that too much, so I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I should have thought about Pantera for the list. It probably still would not have made my top 20 just because as much as their groove really hits me just right and the the guitar work was phenomenal on pretty much anything that they did 
I, I'm not as big a fan of just guttural yelling or screaming. I, I have to have something a little more melodic more often than not or something that just tones it down a little bit. So often with Pantera, I'll be really hyped for a song or two. And then, okay, let's listen to something else now. Just got to switch it off. Yeah, I, I just, just, that's enough. I want my ears to, to, <laughs> to like me tomorrow. Um, but when it comes down to number 15 for me, it's still heavy, but not quite that heavy. And uh, they were really big for a short, what felt like a short period of time. And talking about good soundtrack fodder, got uh, 16 Stone by Bush. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had so many good tracks on that. I mean, I, I remember the only reason I even wanted to watch American Werewolf in Paris was because of the Bush song that was on the, the soundtrack for it. They got a lot of airplay on a lot of those songs and I, I feel like that even if you weren't a fan of Bush in general that you on that album you knew like all the songs because if they they got airplay they got TV play they got advertisement play they got every type of play from that one album and it's good and the thing that also sticks with me is one of the things that I felt made it so popular not only was the music catchy but the range that he stays in for singing, I can sing along with that. Mm. And I never have to worry about not being able to hit a note. I'm not gonna say it sounds good. It's true. But... Keeps it on the keeps it on the on the level in there. And there's just I don't know, you're you're right. There's just so much as far as God, how many I gotta imagine like how many songs are on that album that everybody knows. There's five, six, maybe. Pretty Too easily. Many. Too many, so you, you know. But see, that they're not a one-hit wonder or no. one-album wonder. No, they had they had three or four that at least had one track on it. The one, the only thing that, and this was past that ninety to ninety-five range that did eventually grate on my nerves a little bit. They they rehashed several of their songs and redid it in a different style, which was fine. I mean, artistic license to try and reinvent something and make it sound a little different and do something neat and I thought that was okay and then they had an album that they released that was basically all techno variants of their songs and I thought it was going to be hype it's like I like Bush I like techno I listen to it and they go this is awful yeah I and there was I've got gosh at least a band on with an album on here that tried to evolve or I guess devolve and do more electronica type stuff in mm -hmm. the future, and that's what kind of led to the breakup or the downfall of everything. So, well, I'm sure you, if you do good. it, you can do it right, yeah. right? But that's I'm sure it was actually like I said. I'm sure it was popular and it was good. It just I don't think it hit the the demographic in the same kind of way. I don't think it was received as well. Not everybody gets into that sort of thing. Not their type of consumer no. that they're looking for. But see that. That one, because of Gavin, led me into, um, not on my list, but some Gwen Stefani, which would be, no doubt, which would be Tragic Kingdom, which was right oh, at man. the end of that era. Not on my list. I should have thought of that, too. That's a... She's one of my favorites. That is a great album. Front to back. Everything on there. Yeah. So, an omission by, apparently, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Uh, more lists to come, I'm sure. Okay, so next on the old list is, I got some Megadeth on here. Now, 
The Megadeth that I've got is Symphony of Destruction. And there's a lot of Megadeth albums. There are. A lot before that one with great songs. There's a lot of albums after that that a lot of people I don't think listen to that have great songs on it. But that album right there is awesome. It is a great album front to back. And everybody, if you've never heard Megadeth and all you've seen is the pictures of the Megadeth character with like the the skull and then the glasses thing stamped to the face. Falling and, off, yeah. Like, you're, you are really, I think, missing out on one of the key elements of kind of like a heavy metal scene. And and that one, there are... there. Of the first, I got three CDs when I got my first CD player. I got three CDs, and that was one of the first ones that I got. And it got a lot of playtime, and I pretty much know all the stuff front to back on that album. Just, I don't know, just good. Real good. I felt really bad at the time when I first kind of learned about Megadeth and started learning the, the history of uh, Mustaine and, and how he kind of got started and what what the band did and all that sort of stuff. And this was the time when I was starting to look into Metallica and really started to get into them as a band. It's like, well, Mustaine was in Metallica and listening and going ahead and listening. It's like, well, if I like Metallica, I'm going to love Megadeth. I'm sure. And listening to the albums and it was always the same kind of thing. It wasn't 100% of the time, but it's like, man, that guitar shred and oh, he's singing again. Uh, it was it was one of those things I didn't have the ability to appreciate his voice at the time, and yeah, it's at, not it's unique. For it's, sure, it's very much. And and now that I've listened to it more, it's like well, it's not it's not bad like I thought it was. For like you said, it's just just unique. And it took a little time for me to digest it, and be able to go, yeah, that's the sound that it had to be to sound the the right way that it was. So yeah, yeah, good good stuff. And like I said, if you guys like any type of the you know, heavy metal type stuff, you like Metallica, go give a listen to Megadeth for a little while. And that album, Symphony of Destruction, it'll surprise you. It's good. Yeah, there's there's quite a few good tracks on that. So what we need to do now is pull back from the heavy metal and become very mainstream again uh, for my number 14 pick. Uh, this is another album that I can listen to from front to back and it more often than not makes me pretty happy when I do and is one of my favorite bands uh, 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 to listen to for pretty much any reason and that's the album 4 by Blues Traveler hmm. and uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Harmonica Done Right and I really think that he does the, the harmonica very very well it's a lot of upbeat stuff and it's got, got a little bit of crunch to it just the slightest bit of crunch on that pop overlay and the just the clever writing that he has uh, with the lyrics that he has in any given song, the ability to not take himself seriously, and just just the fun. I, I, I listen to it all the time. Yeah, I can. So when we, you talked before about Dave Matthews, who I can't stand or tolerate, but Blues Traveler, I can tolerate. Like, that what's the difference between the two? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, why why do, why do I like the one more than the other or vice versa, you know? But I think with Blues Traveler, I don't know. I, I like the harmonica, too. I, I'm a 
I'm a Bob Dylan fan. No Bob Dylan on this list. No. And Bob Dylan is known for bad singing and harmonica play. So <laughs> there's half of that there, you know, harmonica play. But Blues, Blues Traveler, I you know, if if you play a couple songs, there's a few that everybody knows and there's a lot that nobody knows. But mm-hmm. if you play them, easily recognizable just because of the yeah. voice and the harmonica. Within just a few seconds, you go, oh, I know, who's, I know who this is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Alrighty, so on we progress. Next on the happy action fun time list here is some Guns and Roses. Now, I have on my list here, <laughs> I, I have Use Your Illusions. I don't have one. I don't have two. I just have Use Your Illusions. So I, I, I struggled to find that I enjoyed one more than the other. But I can definitely put both of those albums on and go front to back. So I could listen to two hours straight of both of those albums because you get a good you get a good mix of what Guns N' Roses is about, which is kind of like that hard rock and then like the the slow jams and then like some nonsense sprinkled in there. You get good guitar play, you get yeah, vocals that only make sense for Guns N' Roses. You know, like it just I don't know. It's just so good and everybody thinks of appetite for destruction, like Yeah, I like Appetite for Destruction and it's like half the songs on that album everybody in the world knows i just like use your illusions i like the whole the whole thing i I don't not a not a chinese democracy fan this uh no although i did have the spaghetti incident (laughs) uh which at the time when i got it it was like oh guns and roses spaghetti incident and then like what are these songs and i did it took me forever to figure out oh these are just all covers (laughs) I, I looked at it. I looked at it one day because on one of the first Soundgarden albums, there's a there's a song that is on there, and then on the Spaghetti Incident, that same song is on there. I'm like, that's odd. That's odd. Look back through everything in the liner notes, and I was like, oh, these are all covers. That's why this album is no good. <laughs> so, <laughs> That that got me right there, but the the use your illusions one. I mean, I mean, I can't. It, those, they're they're separate entities. And yeah, they, they are definitely. different, but they came out at the same time. You, if you bought one, you bought two. If you bought two, you bought one. You, you had both. I don't know. I, I should split them. I should differentiate them because they are two things. But I can't in this decision making thing. I can't. So it's just well, there's so many songs off of both those are so almost ingrained into like the movie landscape you've got to you've got to have one of these songs on your soundtrack if you want the movie to sound like you're a slightly rebellious uh cop and you're going to be taking on everybody wasn't it a dirty harry had uh one of those uh one of the guns and roses the uh, some, deadpool got some john some john connor riding his dirt bike <laughs> in terminator 2 i think was had some Guns N' Roses on it. I, I seem to remember that's there. And I really, I've always loved Slash. I mean, anybody that can be, you know, not only popular in his, his own band, but then say, have Michael Jackson go, can you do a song with me? I think we would sound good together and you just kind of go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, that doesn't make any sense, but it works. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, however, 
uh, the reason they will not be on my top 20 list is Axel Rose's voice kind of grates on my nerves after a little while. Um, there's no doubt that he's got chops. He definitely sings well, but something about the tonality, it just is like nails on the chalkboard after a little while for me. So, it, it, and it could possibly be all psychological considering that uh, uh, there were other individuals that were around me that just thought that Guns N' Roses was awesome and it was the best. And it's like, okay. And then they would listen to it close to me and would not turn it off. So, well, I had the same thing with ACDC. So like I had, uh, I had people that would nonstop play ACDC. This is when we were in football. You in the locker room, people getting ready, and all they would ever play, all they would ever ever play before games, after games, before practice, no matter what. Yes, ACDC. yes, we know. Highway to hell. Okay. <sighs> and it would just, oh my god, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> and for the long, for for the longest time, I could not listen to ACDC. I just couldn't do it. I can listen to. I've got them on my phone. I've listened to them. It just—it was about five, ten years. Can't do it. Couldn't listen to them. Definitely makes sense. So, my number thirteen is probably the most out there choice. That's probably going to be on either of our lists, um, just because uh, the individual that this is is the most out there person that I know of in any musical capacity, um, and that would be. Uh, Post by Bjork. I also had debut uh, written down. It's in the same time frame. And I can't help it. I love Bjork. Um, when I listen to her albums, we, you know, we talk about Beck earlier being the artist that can change his sound from album to album. And Bjork is the artist that will change her sound within the album. You don't know what you're getting into from one track to the next necessarily. She'll have something that sounds like it's almost uh, almost a soundtrack piece for a film, and the next one sounds like it's a classical piece, and the next one is electronica, and then she'll do hip-hop, and then the next is just sound effects. She has one track on one of her albums that towards the end of it, all it is is you're listening to the docs and just a variety of different ship horns going off. And as it slowly goes forward and the ship horns and things start going in closer succession, you realize, oh, she's making chords. <laughs> and these actually go together. And it's just, it all it would always just kind of blow my mind. She's weird, but I love it. It's, there's good music in there. There's good music to be found in there. Like I'm not a, I couldn't go, buy an album he's like this is amazing but if there was if i sold out and just did like let's do a bjork greatest hits like i could dig on some bjork because there were some good songs and she does have some good beats and stuff in there it's definitely someone that i can i can definitely like you know you know when you go into a restaurant and they're playing music and you can't do anything about it and you gotta just sit there and listen to that music <laughs> Well, if I went to a restaurant or a store and they were playing Bjork, I'm like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that'll I, work. Yeah, that'll work. That's cool. I, I, she didn't get a lot of mainstream play, but everybody knows who she is. Now, maybe it's because of her goose outfit that she wore or because yeah. she like took a swat at some cameraman before. So like, she's got that other publicity thing that's out there, but all that did was just make people listen to more of her music. Yeah, really, anything that she could do to get to get some uh, notoriety just just helped her in the end. Bring us back to something that's a little more mainstream. Hmm. Uh, 
Well, I don't, I don't know that I would uh, necessarily uh, call this mainstream, but it, yeah, yeah, maybe so. So everything's more mainstream than Bjork. I guess that's true. So I, this once again, I'll go back to this artist is not one of my favorite artists for sure, but the album is so good that it has to be on my list for me anyway. And yeah. That's Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar. Oh my lord. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So it's it is got some of that metal and some of that industrial and some of that electronic stuff through it and if you never knew who Marilyn Manson was as far as the image or the backstory or the silliness and you liked that type of music and you came into that album, you'd be like, this album is dope. But everybody gets the image about who he is and what he's done and why he is what he is and blah, blah, blah. And they ignore the fact that the album is really good. It's just so good. I can listen to that thing front to back. No problems. Easy. Every song on there. I tried. I really tried to listen to Marilyn Manson because... Uh, anything that was somewhat rebellious, I thought, was no, let, let's start with this because it, it could potentially be something that isn't uh, Uriah Heep or, <laughs> or the Eagles or something that, that maybe would have been something more that uh, my parents would have listened to. And the beautiful people got so much play on the air, and it's like, oh, that's okay. Kind of like we were talking about before. It's like I can kind of listen to it. It started to get old after it just got overplayed. And, but it's like, you know, I need to give the album chance. It just did not resonate. See, I tried. I never had the benefit of listening to radio because where I was at, we had one radio station. If you wanted to listen to today's hits, it was called <laughs> U93. And it was the worst radio station ever. Just awful, awful, awful radio station. If you wanted to listen to the poppiest stuff ever. No offense intended to any of the DJs that may have worked at this radio station during the period of time that he is describing. Go ahead. Now, there was also Sunny 101.5, delicious radio station. It was like classic rock and slow jams and stuff like that. That one was okay. But we didn't have cable. I couldn't watch MTV. I couldn't do any of that stuff. So I never heard any those songs on any type of anything i don't know where i actually heard the album or heard the music from you had to go out and look for it this is this is great but that's the only marilyn manson album that i own i don't like really any of the other ones he does a couple good covers be honest and there's some good versions of some covers there are some other songs in there that aren't bad sprinkled out through the rest of his albums that one super good super big fan uh, this can maybe one of those things where it's the one that you got into it, so that's what that's what you remember. That was your introduction to uh, to something that, that, that changed your mind, maybe. And could be. I know. I know. For me, I tend to listen to music differently now than I used to. Uh, a lot of it is if you can't catch my attention fairly quickly, then I may not be going through it. But I, I'm lazy like that too. So you, you got about thirty seconds in a song. Before I'm like, next. 30 seconds, next. Uh, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing it in my subconscious. And I'm like, man, 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 just, like, let's go a minute instead of 30 seconds. And then I go the Give minute. Give them a I'm chance. Disappointed even more. I'm like, uh, let's go on to the next one, please. <laughs> so I, I find myself doing that. But you're right. I, I need instant gratification on these songs. I need something to draw me in. 
I tend to, to try and get past that. I tend to skip around. But my next pick, I did not have to skip around at all for. It is, I'd have to say, the, and it's not to say that it's my favorite CD that I've ever listened to, but I think maybe the CD I listen to the most repeatedly from beginning to end, uh, easily several hundred times. I mean, ridiculous numbers of times just because I thought it was so well put together. And it is August and Everything After by The Counting Crows. The Counting Crows. And obviously not a, a heavy band by any stretch of the imagination, but that captured my interest when I had seen a story. They said, yeah, they recorded this in their living room. And they're what? Okay. Well, let's let's give I this a listen. That, yeah. And uh, and his uh, his his voice and the the very very warm sound that most everything uh, had on it just uh, it I was there I I could I could listen to it over and over never get bored and it has one of my favorite songs uh, for for um, for being uh, uh, for being sad on it uh, but it, so it's just. Um, it's just it's just super well done. Yeah, I don't have too many problems with Counting Crows. They're not. I'm definitely not a big. It's kind of less so than Bjork, but like if it was playing on the radio station in the restaurant and I had to listen to it, I'm like okay, I'm okay with this. Most of the stuff that just like is explosions of grossness in my ear have something to do with country music. So <laughs> the a lot of I don't know in, in a lot of the poppy stuff too like the super poppy stuff that is mostly on the radio right now but the counting crows was on the radio quite a bit there's a lot from that album that got played but once again kind of going back to it i didn't really listen to the radio a whole lot and didn't have mtv to hear all those things on it so in this particular era i didn't get a i didn't get beat down with a lot of the stuff so didn't have a too much of over overexposure to the counting crows but once again, yeah, I can, I can deal with them. They're not bad. All right, so we got to get moving here. So here's, uh, yeah, got some good bands coming up here now. So the next one, I'm, so remember, um, I cheated, right? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> okay. Well, cheaty cheater. I want to cheat again, and I, I have to cheat on this, well, because I'm making my own rules. I'm a rebel. This one is 